Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dialogic Disciple Podcast. My name is James Johnson and I am here with my co-host. Nick Houston. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I uh, have a, had an awesome Thanksgiving and I'm looking forward to Advent. That is amazing. We are going to talk about Thanksgiving here in just a minute. But first, I want to introduce our guest today. We have with us Alan Newsom. Alan, you are the production director here at Northside Church. I am, sir. I am the new one. So, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to Northside Church. Uh, a little bit about me, my background. Uh, first and foremost, I'm an artist, so uh, I illustrate, paint, draw. Awesome. Uh, I've been doing that for since so since probably sixth grade. Okay. Uh, went off to college for it. Got out of college. Started working at a local TV station, drawing and painting for the news. Um, and then it grew from that into electronic graphics, which went from that into post-production advertising TV commercials, and uh, then led me to a job at a pretty massive-sized church in Atlanta. Um, that church had me in as a person who would build a TV show for kids, K oh, wow. through fifth grade, a Christian worship service oh, live. That's cool. Yeah, it was fun. And then 2009 hit, well, eight. And mm. repercussions carried over right, nine, right. and we lost a lot of money through this, those uh, generous donations. And so they stopped the show. Okay. We had uh, 118 episodes oh, wow. by the time we finished, uh, and it was ready to go syndicated to the North, uh, well, it was the North Georgia Conference wanted part of it, but so did the Methodist um, uh, denomination. They wanted a piece of it too. So we got ready to push it to them, and then they said, hey, we want you to be more diverse in your content. We want to go back to some crayons and some coloring books. And we said, no, we want to take this to CD level and DVD level and let you do those things in your personal class with your kids. And they didn't want it. So uh, that was fine. We moved on. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. And, um, but it was a great production. Great time. Really, really enjoyed it. I stayed on there at Mount Bethel Church here in, in Marietta uh, for uh, the next, mm, I would say... Seven years as okay. a media director. All right, cool. And then, uh, then I got an opportunity here at Northside Church to Fantastic. come on as their production director. Well, I think we're definitely lucky and blessed to have you here. Thank you at Northside Church. Um, you know, I think a lot of us are are painters and artists in the sixth grade, but mm -hmm. uh, a lot of us leave that behind probably by the seventh grade. Right. So uh, that's that's a really cool story. I like that you uh, your passion has become your ministry, and that's a that's something we really. Really enjoy around here at Northside well, see, Church. See, and what I what I heard in all that was that he used to be a newsman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it does sound like that, but I was not in front of the camera. I was always behind. So okay, a whole different ball game. But so did you? Uh, did you? I guess you spent a lot of time. Then you worked on the, the show. Did you produce other videos? Other anything else that you have done, like movie wise or feature? Not feature film necessarily, but shorts and stuff like that. No, but not necessarily. The, I mean, the church job would have me going uh, nonstop. Yeah, um, we wrote all of our own scripts. Okay, uh, we had a couple of writers. We had a couple of producers. And we just stayed at it yeah. every single day. And um, so creating your own content and also your own shorts, we would create yeah. for that worship service time. It was an hour-long worship service that got parred down to a half-hour TV show. Okay. And that's what we sent out on PAX that's TV really cool. and ION TV. That's really cool. So, we uh we were doing some I'm I'm we're gonna move Dialogic Disciple onto the internet uh, as a YouTube channel. We're in the process of doing that right now. So maybe you and I can work together on how to best package that together. That would be wonderful. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, we've got a couple videos up right now, but it's nothing. We don't. Wait found, a minute, we do. Yeah, yeah. Most of it related to devotional stuff and and things mm -hmm. like that. But um, and uh, so so anyway, but I, I want to start putting out some content once a week or so. 
Um, but anyway, yeah, we could talk about that um, yeah, for sure. and then figure that out. I was curious. I asked you about the the other avenues because I think I think because we have Alan here and we have other creative people here on staff that we could do a TV spot for Northside Church. Oh, we have a we lot. Could of- create an advertisement, and I could be Don Draper and actually craft a message. <laughs> <laughs> I think that could happen. I just that is hundred percent a reality. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean that's something we should look into. Legitimate. Yeah, you thirty second spot or fifteen second spot. You know, I mean that's the thing. I think that uh, what we have found in Allen is so much more than uh, somebody to run the sound in the building. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm I'm pretty thrilled with it. Well, take advantage of me. You know, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. So. <laughs> I mean that in the who's uncomfortable now. <laughs> I mean that in the most biblical sense. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about how you see uh, this passion that you have uh, for art um, as a ministry. If you can, if you can, kind of put your head around that for a second. Um, cause I'm curious, we have a lot of people on staff here who are very creative in different ways. Um, and we can see that, that creativity play out in different avenues of, and now we got Nick laughing over here. I'm not sure what he's laughing. I'm about. just thinking about what a creative accountant I am, <laughs> but totally above board. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, we have a lot of people here who are, um, very passionate about art, uh, and in different forms, different formats. Um, I include myself as one of those people. I know that uh, we have people that you wouldn't expect to be necessarily uh, creative in that way, but it seems to be a kind of a theme that we have in the staff here. And so I'm curious, how do you see art and ministry as going together? Um, Well, being in charge of production, uh, that is an art form. It really is truly an art form. You've got got sound, you've got lighting, you've got uh, video, um, and all of it plays a, a very important part of worship. So can you say a little bit more about that? Like, how do you see uh, the, the, the elements of, of sound and vision and, and lighting, all that stuff? How does it come together as an art to affect worship? For me, uh, if I'm coming into a worship space and I want to sit down and really experience that presence of God in my life during that moment when I'm at church, um, all, all factories have to play into it. Your sight, your sound, your your taste, your your warmth of your body, even yeah, uh, all plays a part of it. So it's not necessarily sound, light, and video. The air conditioning could be uh, whether or not the water fountains are working on Sunday. <laughs> uh, so all of these things take place, and they're very important in order to experience God. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how I take it to that level, and I want to make sure that whatever we produce in that worship space is pleasing to God. Number one, number two, uh, it does bring people closer into a worship. Um, experience. Yeah. And so it's all about worship experiences to me. You know, that's definitely something that the medieval church got right uh, in both the Catholic and Eastern Orthodox forms. We got the incense and you got all the, the entire, everything, every sense of the body is engaged in an, an act of worship. And, and we've definitely, uh, we've lost some of that. So we have, and we've gotten a little complacent yeah. and it's easy to fall back on our laurels and say, we're just going to get by. Yeah. And I think I think the public knows it and the public when they stop coming, it's not because they don't believe anymore. A lot of it has to do with the fact that they've seen it. They've done it. They want something. Absolutely. And it's time to get back to that. I wonder if, um, you know, it's an interesting question and I don't know how far we want to go down this road, but, um, 
I wonder how much we maybe over exaggerate the visuals and the and the hearing and audio stuff because we don't engage the touch, you know, and the taste and the and the smell of worship. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much we've we've gone down that path and left the other things, the other senses behind. Well, it's easy uh, to get excited about technology. Yeah, uh, technology is always growing. It's always doing something different, and people want to be a part of something new. Yeah. So the more that they saw more videos the more they saw different kind of lighting and different kind of animations of lights and um it, then it becomes more of a uh, um it's it's easy just to go ahead and fall back on that yeah and stay on that same track but yeah. i think we're gonna find even down to streaming uh you know think about it it wasn't that long ago where we weren't streaming and now mm-hmm. it's everywhere yeah especially after covid yeah. and during covid uh and after as well but it is really um that's even harder because now you really have to accentuate all of those things for someone to experience it in their own living room sitting there watching it on a on yeah a absolutely or their phone because the distractions are still all around them they're not in that worship space and i will say one of the reasons why i prefer the traditional worship service to the contemporary style is you get the tactile feel of the bulletin in your hand to guide you along the service, and then you get to pick up a hymnal and flip through pages. And that just the yes. using your hands in worship, I think, is something that we miss out on in the contemporary service sometimes. Yeah, I think, uh, and during COVID, we didn't have it in, even in the yeah, traditional. exactly. You know, you couldn't pass a hymnal, couldn't pass a plate. I mean, that's still tough. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And it's hard to hold on to a hymnal when you've got your hands lifted. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. That's why there's big words on the screen. So that's right. Which it's one a whole of those different things, style. And, and, which know. one of those things came first? Did we put the words on the screen because we couldn't hold the hymnal, or that's a great question? I wonder. It was interesting uh, years ago when I started in the in the in the religious sector doing this kind of production work. I was always told we'll never put screens in the sanctuary, and I thought to myself, why not? Uh, it's another avenue to reach people. Uh, before I started at Northside, we had installed six, uh, six by nine LED screens in the sanctuary where I was told there were going to be none. Uh, and the actual pastor that told me that there would be none showed up one Sunday, looked at the screens, looked at me and said, I can actually see. <laughs> and he thanked me, Yeah, which was a, another avenue because, you know, people, they, the older they get, uh, it's more difficult for them to see. Yeah, absolutely. They can now see what's going on on the platform. They can read the, the lyrics and they can sing right along with them and not all damn no sin. It's interesting. One of the first things that happened when I moved, uh, when I when I started here at Northside Church back in 20, um, uh, I started in 2014, but in 2015 we did that 50th anniversary uh, mm-hmm. thing. And, and one of the things that me and, and the old Alan <laughs> did is we went and interviewed some of the older folks in our in our congregation who had been here since, you know, the beginning. And one of them, I'll never forget, we were interviewing her and she said, you know, mostly Northside Church has been great for the last 50 years, except for that one time that they projected images on the sanctuary wall. And I was not happy about that. That was, that was, a, that was uh, sacrilegious. And, and Ellen, like, we were like, okay, well, I guess we won't be doing that anytime soon. Um, but what's her name? I'd like to call her up. Let's see what we can work on. I'm not sure she's uh, still with us, but okay. um, yeah, it was interesting to see the resistance to that technology being used in in what we consider to be a sacred space at the sanctuary. Whereas in the Faith and Arts Center, we're kind of like, eh. I don't, I don't know. Like it's almost as if the sacredness stays in the sanctuary and and remains there. Whereas in the Faith and Arts Center, we have to kind of create the sacredness every Sunday. 
Alan, one of the things that has struck me when I came to work at the church was um, what all went in the background in order to do worship. Um, and every week on a weekly basis, you're thinking through what needs to happen in the background in order for worship to happen. And I just think it would be a fun game for you to name some of the things that you think about every week that none of us that realize. none of us realize are going on in the background. Um, uh, whether that is for you know presentation in the room or online. Well, a lot of pre-production takes place during the week, obviously, and even weeks out. Yeah, uh, we're already planning for Advent, right? So, uh, things that are happening now were already being thought about back then. Mm -hmm. uh, several months ago and then uh, you, once you get closer you get to the point of that pre-production process gets refined and really looked at and uh, is there any room for error is there any room that something's going to fail uh, the lord provides all the time and I'll, I'll just give you an example when the lights went out last sunday mm -hmm. uh, for a power failure right in the middle of a service my heart sunk and i didn't know at that point what i'm going to do because i thought this has never happened to me I've never been in a position where I've lost power. Yeah, we lost power during the 830 service. That's correct. That's correct. And it went down and it came back within about 10 seconds. And mm -hmm. I looked up and I looked at my crew behind there, uh, the, the desk, and, and they all looked at me and they smiled. And I smiled too because I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> I, I thought, you know, this, this is interesting. Um, so the unforeseen is always can cause panic. Uh, mm -hmm. To remain calm during that is is the appropriate way. Um, I, I will give you another example. When that power failure happened, the one of the monitors on the camera downstairs in the contemporary service went out and never came back on. It just powered off, never could, didn't turn back on automatically. The mm -hmm. other cameras, for some reason, the monitors did because they're a different brand. However, the young lady that was running the camera was relatively new, um, and I did not know her monitor was out. So I'm calling the shots. I'm saying, I need you, camera one, I need you to pan over to the left. And she's not panning. And then she slowly starts to pan the camera. And she's missing but the But she talent. doesn't know what she's she seeing. She doesn't yeah. know what she's seeing. So she's strictly, and she's not talking to me on the headset because her headset went out. No. So oh, I don't no. have any connection to this poor girl. And Can she hear thinking, you? She could hear me completely. But she couldn't. But, but she couldn't couldn't make that judgment call and I couldn't get up from my seat and go to camera one's position to find out what was wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had to just anticipate that she was really just new and she, she was not new. She couldn't see. Uh, she couldn't see. And so those are the little things, the unforeseen things that happen. Now, um, we try our best every week. We, yeah. we really do. And we rely heavily on volunteerism. Uh, and that's very crucial. There are some Compensated staff, yes, but there are a lot of volunteers that are willing to give their heart and their soul to, to putting together a television production or a live production. How many so, volunteers does it take? Yeah, I was about to say, it sounds oh, like man. we might need some volunteers out there. Yeah, we if do. anybody wants to be a volunteer, yeah, contact absolutely. Alan Newsom. Yes, please do uh, at Alan N at northside.unc.org. That's right. Make sure that happens. Um, but call me. Uh, the only prerequisite is I've got, uh, if you're 13 and older, we can train you. That's all I ask. If you're 12, we can't train you. You can't. I'd rather you be 13. If you're 13 and up, I'll train you all, all day right. long, and I'll get you on. And, awesome. And we'll put you in spots where you can be very helpful in yeah. both audio, lighting, uh, and, and camera work. It sounds like even just having a runner, somebody that could go and find out what's going on and come that's back exactly, and tell you. That's right? exactly right. So, and yeah. so we're running graphics. So we have you know we have several services. We have the traditional, two traditionals, and one contemporary. 
um, and they all need AVL. They all need work. Yeah. Uh, audio, lights, and, and visual. Do you need help in traditional as well, volunteer-wise? Uh, not as much in traditional. Uh, it'd be nice to have a few more hands because I, what I don't want to do is burn people out. Right, I, yeah, I want, sure. I don't want the same staff every week. I want to have different people every week. They say, I'm here uh, the first two weeks of the month, and then the last two weeks I get somebody else. Right, right. I don't want them to be so far in between that they forget what we're doing, and if we change methodology that mm -hmm. they're yeah. not prepared yeah so it's important when you ask me a question about how many volunteers we have right now we're looking at probably 30 uh that we have that we rotate okay um and then some of them just can't they can't be here and then some can be here every single week and it's right and and what i'm trying to do too is if you are here every week and you're a, a you're very talented i'll let you mentor those others that are coming on board oh that's a great idea and that mm -hmm. way they can they can share camera you know, sure. share lighting booth together and show graphics together. And then that way, um, they all learn. Everybody learns. Everybody might have a different way of doing it. Yeah. And I always am the kind of guy that, like, I welcome to see a new idea. I don't want to see a new idea during worship, but I want to see it after <laughs> worship. I've got a brand new idea. <laughs> Upside down camera. <laughs> yes. Right. I don't, I don't want to see that. People like it. Yeah. <laughs> but if they come to me, you know, afterwards and say, hey, I was thinking about this, uh, let's try it. Now, let's do it. Yeah, so, that's know, great. That's awesome. I think it works. And you, get, you let people uh, kind of express their creativity as well. Absolutely. Right? In Absolutely. the production. In the yes. production piece. Yeah, that's great. Because there's no right and there's no wrong. How yeah. about that? Yeah. So we're in Advent season now, and as, as we do here at Northside Church, we've put together an Advent devotional for kind of guiding reflection and meditation throughout this very important season. Uh, moving toward uh, the birth of Jesus Christ, as well as the twelve days of Christmas and Epiphany, um, you guys have uh, you guys uh, participated in in reading the uh, devotional this past week. What did you guys? What are some initial thoughts or or reflection on what you saw in the devotional? Um, moving, learning a lot about Joshua. That you yeah, know, uh, he was what a warrior, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and didn't realize. You know how rough and tough he was. Yeah, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. you think of him as a as a the, the guy that God sends and or sends to his people, and you don't think of him as a kind of a con yeah, yeah conquer conqueror hero. man yeah, who yeah. has gnarly hair and has eats locusts and mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing. I just didn't didn't picture that at all. He's kind of like a Alexander the Great of, yeah, exactly. of the people of Israel, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. There was an analogy that I was coming up with because I was stuck on like I think day two of the devotional. It was about expectations yeah and i got to thinking about it like my amazon delivery <laughs> okay i feel like there's something good here because with my <laughs> amazon delivery you go on and you order that product and you expect it and you Two expect days. it and they tell you when it's going to arrive they even give you a time frame now which is uh-huh and so let's say it's not amazon prime for some bizarre reason Right. And and it's not a two day delivery. And so you've got some time to build up the anticipation mm -hmm. for this delivery to come. And if it arrives on the day they told you it was coming, you're satisfied. Like I'm just good because you told me it would be here on Friday. Yep. And, and it's, it's Friday, Friday and it's here. It's here. Boom. If it comes on Friday, but it comes like at eleven AM instead of eight PM. 
I'm kind of pumped. That's even better. Because I've got it now. I can open it up. I can use it, enjoy it, do whatever. All day Friday. All day. <laughs> right? <laughs> Does it really matter if it had come at 8 o'clock? The rest of my life, it's going to have arrived. But I am super psyched that it came at 11. All right, right. If it doesn't come that day. Oh, no. Gosh, I'm disappointed. Yeah, yeah. And is it really that big of a deal in the great grand scheme of things? No. If it gets delivered the next day, it's big fine. deal. It's fine. But what if I designed my whole world around this thing coming on Friday? Right. Because I was going to be out of town. I got to have it for something that's coming up. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like it's a birthday present or something. So that, that could be. It could be really disappointing. Potentially disappointment. And then also, see, I got problems because <laughs> I got this bird dog in the yard. Yeah. And this bird dog in the yard eats Amazon packages. <laughs> so maybe it did come and, and so, now it was buried underneath the trampoline. Or if it comes early and I didn't know it was coming, so Amazon just shows up and drops it off. Basically just throws it to the dog. <laughs> and I've, I've got pictures from the Amazon driver with the bird dog in the picture. Really? Yes. Just waiting. Like we delivered this and there he sits. Looking at him, take the picture. <laughs> and so if something comes early and we don't know to have the dog inside, I may very well be picking up tiny pieces of cardboard from all over the yard. That's incredible. So <laughs> I can also be pretty disappointed and upset yeah. that Amazon you fed, know, you fed your dog. Overpromised <laughs> and delivered this item. Now, a lot of times it is, you know, not a big deal. You know, it's not a high value item or maybe he eats the cardboard box, but he doesn't eat the thing inside. Right. Right. But he did gnaw the corner off of a BMW floor mat. Oh no. Ooh. And that was pretty infuriating. <laughs> so it was just an MW floor mat. Um, right. there. Yeah. Ugh. Um, and I had to go ahead and stick that in the car, mm. but it, it, it can be aggravating. So this whole system of anticipation, expectation. Yeah. I felt like, anticipation expectation yeah that 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 amazon delivery man that really captures it yeah. for me i can be all over the place <laughs> i've definitely had the pain and the thrill of amazon early and amazon late uh, i remember one time i ordered a uh <laughs> i needed a printer to print something off um and so i ordered a printer with a ream of paper and it's like it has same day delivery on this particular item i was like oh that's awesome i can have this today right that's the, the best thing in the world so i was like boom it costs like an extra like five or eight bucks i can't remember it so i was like no nah, it's fine totally worth it i'm having my printer today ordered it waited around said it'd be better about eight o'clock sure enough about seven fifty-five, amazon truck pulls up and drops off my box and i'm like boom and i pick it up and i'm like this is really light what's going on i open it up it was the ream of paper that was same day but the printer was going to be a couple days out. <laughs> <laughs> so I had that. I had to talk about disappointment, but I had that paper. I was ready to go. <laughs> it's like getting a chisel and a, and a stone. <laughs> right. And, uh, start, go to work. That's exactly right. Go to work. So one of the things that we focused on in the devotional for this first week, you know, one of the things I think uh, uh, as well that that people are going to find interesting, I hope, uh, and, and meaningful, I guess, in this devotional is that we're, we're reading scripture passages that we don't typically read during the season of Advent. And Joshua is definitely one of those passages uh, talking about uh, this conquering hero and this mm -hmm. this uh, mighty warrior. Uh, is not usually something that we discuss during the season of Advent. And, and this connection between Joshua and Jesus, I think, is really important, particularly as it pertains to what 
people expected the Messiah to be when he showed up. Surely, surely, surely nobody expected the Messiah to show up uh, and being born in the stable, right? And laid in a manger. Right. Um, so if you, if you guys, uh, it, it, when we talk about uh, our expectations of, of Jesus and really what people expected, I guess, of the Messiah, what, what kind of comes to the surface of your mind? What do you guys think of, you know, what did you gain from maybe this week through the devotional thinking about expectation like that? What do we, what do we want to pull out of that? A lot about Jesus's early life is not really covered, right? We right, don't understand yeah. that. But what I found interesting is that the Messiah, everybody was expecting to be probably older mm-hmm. and already established and ready to come in and, and be the next leader of the, of the free world, of all worlds. <laughs> of all worlds, yeah. Of all worlds. And they did it as a birth of a baby. And yeah. to me, that was very symbolic. Mm-hmm. I read that as now you, no matter what age you are, mm-hmm. you're going to experience oh, yeah. what Jesus could possibly have been, yeah. or we'll follow through all the way through to the end. Yeah, until uh, he was 33 years old. Right. Um, so to me, I thought that was interesting that it would be a baby. Yeah, and not somebody that was already established. Yeah, you know, I've never thought about it like that. I've never thought about. I guess I've thought about him being being born a baby is like a kind of a statement of weakness, you know, or a statement of, of being vulnerability. vulnerability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about it in terms of, you know, that Jesus went through puberty. And so now we all know that Jesus has that experience and, you know, mm-hmm. can be available to us right. in, the, in the at any age. Time. At any age. Yeah. That's interesting. At any age. Hmm. What about you, Nick? What did you, you pull anything out? So along with my Amazon delivery metaphor, <laughs> I think, the conversation about expectation and what um, the Jews expected the Messiah to be, and particularly talking about Joshua, um, isn't it completely reasonable that they expected the Messiah to be like Joshua? Yeah. I mean, that's the way God had worked before. For so long, God had worked through um, conquest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Jews... And liberation, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and so that resonated with me in my own life about I expect God to act the way God has acted before. That seems fairly reasonable and faithful, right? Right. Yeah. But God is funny like that (laughs) and he doesn't have to act the same way all the time. Right. And, and I think a lot of times we get stuck because our expectations of what God is going to do is based on what God has done before. I mean, it works in so many other ways in our lives where we're basing our expectations of friends, family, children, parents yeah, on the way they have behaved. Right. And God can really throw you a curveball. Really can. Yeah. And do, do things in new and mysterious ways. That's right. And not in fulfilling the same old patterns. Yeah. And so. And yet at the same time, there's always, there's little hints that God is going to do something like this anyway. We go back to Isaiah, you know, behold, I, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing something different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the character of God doesn't change, but, you know, God's kind of recipe for the people. Right. You and know. so so that attitude that the Jews had that Jesus is going to come in as this, the Messiah is going to come in as a conquering hero. Yeah. I think we do the same thing in the way we expect God to act in our lives and then get uh, disappointed when God doesn't act that way or doesn't, I don't mean act, behave, but right. Fulfill his action. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I have been disappointed because I thought God was going to move in a particular way and yeah. that's not the way that it was handled. Yeah. Um, looking back on it, I can go, Oh, well, God did 
do something. It just wasn't in the expected way. Right. I think a lot of times we, we can miss the activity of God in our lives because we do expect God to act in a certain way and something else happens or something goes down mm-hmm. differently than we expect. And we don't, we're, we are uh, reticent to, to call that the work of God until much later when we look back yeah. and the whole picture when everybody's like, oh, that was God that did that. Um, so we're kind of blind to that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, the particular way in which it got me was timelines. Yeah. Is that I thought, oh, you know, God's ways are not like my ways and his years, a thousand years. And so I'm just going to be cool. I can just wait for this. And then I went through a phase where I was waiting on God to move. And I thought because, you know, it took God a year at some point in time, well, it'll just be a year. I can wait a year. Right, right. Yeah, it's not a year, bro. No, it's going to be a thousand years, it's brother. Like, right, exactly. <laughs> like it could be whatever. And, and yet yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed because... I thought it would take this amount of time because that's how God worked. That's right. Well, guess what? God works however God wants to work. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of freeing, in my opinion. I look at it a little bit differently. I don't stress out over it. I allow it to be whatever it's going to be. Sometimes I anticipate God's going to be there. He's not there. It's like, okay, God, you got it. I'll let you have it. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't put a lot of, uh, disappointment in his direction because I know he will fulfill on his time and not mine. That's the way I always looked, always looked at it. That's interesting. That yeah. No, that's, that's, I mean, I See, think that's ideal. That sounds great <laughs> until Amazon delivers the package <laughs> but, at the wrong time. But let's, I, I think, I think that, <laughs> I think even when we think we don't have expectations, we do. Oh, of course. Yes. I mean, and, and gosh, I think it's impossible not to expect how applicable. I mean, this is applicable, certainly to human relationships. Um, gosh, this is applicable to me as a boss. I ask somebody to do something. And in my mind, I'm thinking I need this in the next three days and they get it to me in two weeks. And then I want to be upset, but I never told them when I needed it. I just thought that they were going to think like I was thinking. He's looking at me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't think at the time I had expectations because. Right. It would be pre-understood. I don't know. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. That, that um, makes sense. But come yeah, to find I, out, no, really, if I started a really wide net and started shrinking it down. Yeah. You would eventually hit a point where I feel like you might say, oh, well, yeah, I did think that it would happen between. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Maybe one year is not long enough, but like 50. Did you think it was going to happen in 50? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got some expectations. We always, yeah, when we do. Sorry, I'm yeah. pushing back on that, and that's no, kind no, of rude. No, no, but that's, totally no that's, that's, that's what we do. That's Dialogue, totally dialogic, let's go. Um, I know, Alan, I like that. I like that a lot, the idea that this freeing, I mean, I think that gets right at the heart of what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, which is a passage uh, a, a passage that I just wrote a reflection on for Lent. So uh, when he says, consider the lilies, right? And look at the birds of the air. And they don't work. They don't toil. They don't, they don't worry. They don't have expectation. They just trust that I will provide, basically. Right. Um, and so there's a, like a level of freedom there. If you can get to that spot right. <laughs> where you're like, God's, gonna, God, God's got this, right? I don't have to expect a certain time frame or timeline. I know people that are not are not believers, and <clears throat> a lot of times they're filled with so much stress. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think to myself, you know, I know a lot of people if, who are believers are filled with a lot well, of stress. That that could be true too. You know, I'm not going to put them in one. I am one of those buckets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oftentimes. <clears throat> but I I do see those that do have more uh, or have a 
a deep, profound sense of faith that um, I don't want to say they're carefree, but they just seem to be a little more relaxed. Yeah. And maybe it's maybe it's God's in their in their heart and mind and running the show and they don't worry. Yeah. I'm not a worrier. I've never been a worrier. My my uh, you seem pretty chill. I try to be um, because worrying doesn't solve anything. Yeah. It just causes more headaches. Are we equating worrying with expectation? Um, I I think that's part of part of worrying is you're expecting. Yeah. mm. And worrying could be the expectation is the process of it. Or maybe it's not knowing what to expect. That's also <coughs> an idea that I just had. Gives you some anxiety. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't know what to expect. You start to worry. You have, an, you have anxiety. You have uh, concern. And then, and then you try to, try to control what's going to happen. Right. So now I'm going to worry about what I should be worried yeah. about. That's exactly no, that's, right. That's, that's, that's the extreme. <laughs> you get into this thing. That's yeah. the extreme. And, and I have seen people with that extreme. And they worry about not worrying because if they're not worrying, something's wrong. And wow, I'm thinking yeah. to myself, man, that's a rough life. That <laughs> well, is really it, hard. In a sense, that's that's exactly what the world teaches us to do. You know, we talk a lot on this show about, um, and in this church, a lot about the patterns of the world versus being renewed and transformed in Christ. And and the world teaches us from a very early age that you need to be concerned and worried about how effective and productive you are. Right. Uh, you have to you have to create a certain <clears throat> kind of uh, personhood and a certain kind of family, and mm-hmm. like you have you got this big checklist of things. You have to worry about these things. Like mm-hmm. that's the only way people know that you care about them is if you worry about them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas that's the pattern of the world. Whereas uh, the mind of Christ is a lot more. I think of what you're describing, which is kind of you know God God. He's got this. It's going to work out on his time frame. Right. He's much more powerful. Yeah. And, yeah, and there's nothing know. I could ever do or say that's going to make any it turns difference out. of what he's going to have has plans for. Why nothing. is it so hard for us to get to that spot and then stay there once we're there? You're, you're right. Expectations. Yeah. It's it's those that uh, you're looked at. Uh, you, you look at the media today, and I'm in the media, right? I'm behind it. I have been for years. and. Um, it's it's a sad state where we feel like the media is constantly drilling us with the worst uh, of whatever they can find for a reaction or for someone to feel like uh, they get they get so wrapped up. It's like the ambulance. You see an ambulance on the side of the interstate, you slow down, you look at it. You don't want to know what's going on. Right, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? The if Omicron you, variant. <clears throat> right, exactly. Omicron. Now, Omicron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's really not a way to say that. Transformers. <laughs> yeah, right. Corona in the sky. <laughs> Another. <laughs> All right, we've got this is the next production. <laughs> Corona in disguise. <laughs> the Omicron variant. But that's it's reality. Yeah. And, and yeah. it is the expectation of, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Kind of that was the storyline and when I was in the news. What does it do if it burns? Well, I, I did. It that burns, one. it learns. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, there was something. It was like if it bleeds, it leads. And there was another one. If there. it burns, it turns. Oh, no. Maybe I did get that confused with church. Yeah. Turn or burn. <laughs> Turn or burn. There you go. My bad. Yeah. But no, I think you're right. And, you know, when we turn on the media, we always expect to hear bad news, right? Or something that's bleeding or burning. Right. <laughs> right? Absolutely. And, um, and people are fascinated by it. Yeah. And they want to know that people are worse off than they are. Well, they want to know what to be worried about. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, man, that is, that is I, absolutely I, true. I've had people tell me that they wish they could be like me where I didn't worry. <laughs> yeah. I, really, honestly. And I'm like, 
well, you just, you know. Do you have, make the news? Don't well, watch no. it. Do you have practices that help you to stay in that mindset? I or do. Or is I it just pray. your disposition? I, I do a lot of prayer. Okay. I'll be honest. Okay. Um, that is that's my, good. Yeah. My mental time of prayer, believe it or not, is in the car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I talk out loud. And I'm praying out loud in the car. That's uh, great. Both going mm-hmm. home and then coming to work. Okay. Because to me, that's a quiet time. I don't turn on the radio. I just talk to Jesus and, and we have a conversation. That's awesome. And we... Tell each other a lot of things yeah. about each other. Good, good. No, that's exciting. I can't read the Bible while I'm driving because of the law. The state frowns <laughs> the on it. The state us. frowns on that, you know. Nick's been pulled over many times with his right. Bible in hand. That religion-hating state. Yeah, gosh. But as far as getting clarity yeah. on both ends, mm-hmm. coming and going, because I thank him on the way home, and then I thank him for waking up in the morning and getting ready to, to be pleasing yeah. uh, to his kingdom. That's what I... That's my time. Okay. And to me, that gives me solace and gives me uh, a chance of uh, some more uh, of a break. Yeah. Of a break That's great. The rest of the... So your secret weapon to fight worry and concern and expectation is to pray. Yes. <laughs> Who would have thought? Oh, my <laughs> land. The discoveries we make on the show. I know, right? Am I done? <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you pray more, you worry less. I think that's... Uh... I think that's probably exactly what Jesus, I mean, the same conversation where he says, consider the lilies is where he teaches us the Lord's prayer. So mm-hmm. I think there's something connected to that. Absolutely. You know, I was uh, at, a, at a party, not a party, but it was a family gathering of Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, when you work at a church, a lot of times and you're around other people, they always say, well, you work at a church, you pray for the dinner, right? So it got to me <laughs> and I did, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. And we all are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread and our green beans and our ham and our mashed potatoes. And amen. And amen. that was it. Yeah. And, you know, and they were all going to be like, that's oh. kind of different. <laughs> it is amazing how good the fundamentals are of a lot of the stuff we teach our kids. Yes. Um, and so while it doesn't sound very high and mighty. Right. It hits the high points. It, it like it, it, it covers it. It, it, it did. And we kind of, we, they all chuckled, but to me, that was the intent was to lighten the load a little and yeah. get the point across. That's in great. A very simple way. Yeah. I had somebody recently, I went out to lunch with a, a couple here at Northside and, um, we went to pray for the food and I just said, you know, bless this food in our fellowship. Amen. I very simple. Right. Uh, and, and the woman that I was sitting with was like, you know, I hate praying for food i don't think i'm very good at it and and i had to do it for last year's uh, fourth july or whatever da, da, da. and uh, it just makes me nervous and i didn't like doing it and i said you know the real point of praying it, at meals is, is just to toss up a little you know thank hey you. i thank you right and and and, uh, and you're present in my life it's not really like it's not really about what you say right it's not really about the structure of your prayer it's just hey i'm gonna take a moment to say hey thanks and uh, i recognize you and your presence in my life absolutely uh, I think that's probably true of a lot of prayer. It doesn't have to be just for food. Like just uh, mm-hmm. every prayer should begin mm-hmm. with, hey, I'm still here. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, I'm recognizing your presence in my life. Right. And I always, you know, this is kind of crazy, but I imagine Jesus is sitting and, you know, I'm not going to be cliche, you know, Jesus take the wheel thing, but. Let's, please don't try that. No, 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 on the highway. No, but he's always sitting <laughs> Again, next to me. frowned on. <laughs> Just, just sit next to me and the casual conversation back and forth yeah. is like very easy. Yeah. And when I want him to speak, I just, I'm quiet. Yeah. Well, it's good that you he, allow Jesus to speak. Yeah. Sometimes he doesn't say a word and sometimes he'll just be going on Chatterbox. and on. Chatterbox. Chatterbox Jesus. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how Jesus would do on the podcast. I so much to say. 
<laughs> I am not done. And he says, <laughs> that's great. stay in the car in the parking lot at the church. I think that's right. awesome, man. Uh, and a good practice for our listeners to pray yeah. in the car. Uh, Nick, you have well, quite a commute. Do you ever try that? Have you ever tried that before? No, I'm so glad that he said that because I've absolutely done that before. Yeah. I'm just thanking God for Bluetooth so people think that I'm not crazy. <laughs> I gave up on the crazy. I don't, <laughs> right? I don't worry about that either. Um, <laughs> I was just yeah, I've, I've, I totally have done the same thing. It's a long commute and it, you know, whether it's, um, you know, listen to praise and worship music or praying out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely is, is time that I can commit. That's awesome. Anything else from the devotional that uh, hit you guys this week that we haven't talked about? Uh, you know, how do we envision God? Mm. I think that that was an interesting part too. Okay. Um, and you know, you write you you write out your your what you envision God to be like, and mm. it's loving, oh, caring, yeah. and kind, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and um, forthright, and uh, a leader. Uh, all of these things, and then you go back in the week and you look at what you just put down. And they were very similar yeah, in my, in my opinion, yeah, they were yeah. very similar. And I was like, wow, I, I don't know if I get an A plus, but I felt <laughs> you like, passed it, the I, test. I, did I, it, it kind yeah. of was what my vision was, what you first think. And then when you read these passages mm-hmm. and then you go back, you see what else, yeah. You see what you can oh. unpack and then you go back and then you, you write down, yeah. you know, what they, what you think now, and then you compare and contrast from the earlier. In the yeah. Week. I thought that was a really cool exercise. That was all Elizabeth's <laughs> idea. So, uh, she did a great job putting that together. Yeah, and, did. uh, the, the idea of going back and kind of unpacking that, I think that's helpful, right. you know, and, you know, and the, we do these practices, uh, these kind of engagements and participations for the, for the people who read this. And then there also is a version, you know, the digital version that goes out mm-hmm. in, in encompasses some of that. Um, which and, is very well done, by the way. This well, is a great yeah. devotional book. Yeah, yeah. Well, the design yeah. and all that goes to our creative services and well, particularly to Elizabeth. So, and they did a great, fabulous job. Um, but one of the things that we also are trying to do here is, um, is to train the people of Northside Church or teach the people of Northside Church how to do these things on their own. Like the kind of practices that we're doing here in the middle of the week on Tuesdays and Thursdays are practices that you can do, you know, throughout your entire devotional life right it doesn't have to be limited obviously to lent or to advent uh it can be it can be something that you do on a regular basis like kind of these kinds of questions and then then go back and look at that after having done some study mm-hmm. um i think it'd be really helpful in bringing out what we expect of god and, right. and maybe where god has been unexpected in our lives right nicholas do you have anything you would like to add to the conversation about the devo that we have not talked about nope it's another red letter day for Nicholas Houston here on the Dialogue and Style podcast. I really just feel like I got it all out there early, James. Yeah, you did. You did. You, yeah, you hit the ground running, and now you're out of steam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Alan, thank you so much for joining us today. This thank was a great conversation. Uh, we are so glad that you're here at Northside Church, and we are looking forward to the ministry and the and just the productivity and creativity that you're going to bring to our staff. Great. I thank and you very ministries. much. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, it's as always a pleasure, and I'll come back anytime. Absolutely. We'll rant some more. That's great. Nick, it's great to have you here, too. Thanks for being you. You're welcome. All right, guys. Have a great week. Peace. Peace.